Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before we get started into the episode, I just want to give a quick disclaimer. So on this episode, we will be talking heavily about grief. And it may be triggering for some people. So if you are someone that has experienced grief, and it triggers you. I do believe that this episode will be helpful for you, but I do want to add a disclaimer that it it is and can be very triggering. However, I hope you enjoyed this episode and interview, and I love you all, and we'll talk soon. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I am your host, Roz and Renee. Welcome to another episode of the show. And I am super excited because I have an interview today with one of my sisters, and I'm so excited to interview her because I know y'all are going to love her, but also love her story. So I had the amazing opportunity when I launched my program, Show Up Sis, last year, and my sister um, definitely joined the program, and I got a chance to just know her over the last couple of months. It's actually been like almost half a year, like personally. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Kiara has actually been a part of my audience for a little while. So of course she could talk about that. But we're going to be talking today about grief and loss, which is a topic of conversation I haven't really introduced on the podcast before, but she has such an amazing testimony of talking about this. And she really, really does talk about this also on her platform. So I want her to absolutely just bless us today with her story but also just talk a little bit about her and y'all get to know her some more. So Kiara, why don't you say, hey girl. Hello everyone. My name is Kiara Davis. I am currently in Atlanta, but I am a social worker for the homeless, but I do have a blog page called Simone Speaks with a Z. Um, and I basically just talk about mental health hacks and mainly grief, like Rosalind said, and just helping people throughout everyday life. Yeah, so I'm so excited for her to share her story. Um, I got to know Kiara personally throughout her being in my program, but also really hear about how she dealt with um, the loss of her mom last year during COVID. Um, and I know a lot of us, have, a lot of us have experienced grief, and grief can be a complex topic to talk about, and also a complex just topic in dealing with in mental health. So first. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you kind of talked a little bit about what you do, but I want, I brought you on the show because you experienced a traumatic loss during the pandemic last year. So I want you to kind of tell us a little bit about that. Um, so my mom, my mom actually passed um, April 2020 and she passed away during the beginning of the pandemic where we were all kind of confused about what this was, 
what this was going to be moving forward. She had no idea about the protection, you know, she needed to have, you know, even though she was a nurse, she knew this was coming. Um, She still wanted to work, you know, she didn't want to be stagnant um, in the beginning because, like I said, we all didn't know what this was or anything like that. So she was one of the actually first nurses. She was the first nurse to die, healthcare worker to pass away in Houston um, due to COVID. Um, So definitely a hard situation because it happened so quickly. You know, COVID, you know, people go to the hospital, you just, they get better and then they don't, you know? Um, And so that was the situation for her. So yeah, so talk a little bit about what those, what, how did you find out? Like, talk, talk about that. How did you find out she had passed? Um, so basically, um, we, we, me and my mom talked every day. Um, so she had went kind of quiet on me. And I'm like, this is unusual. Um, at this time, she was at home. And she said that she hadn't, fe- she hadn't been feeling well. And that one of her close friends had tested positive um, for COVID. Um, and my mom, being my mom, she's stubborn. She's a nurse. So she feel like, okay, I'm going to take care of myself. But then again, I don't foster because, like I said, we didn't know what this was. Um, so she didn't end up going to the hospital immediately. Um, she just decided to kind of, like, quarantine herself, um, you know, drink, like, herbs and herbals and tea and stuff. Um, but she did have underlining um, pre-existing conditions that caused her to um, needing needing to go to the hospital eventually. Mm-hmm. So when you found out that she had passed um, up until that time, she was in the hospital currently, correct? Yeah, so she found out that she had it when she went to the hospital because I had a friend go over there and check on her. Um, my, this friend actually had a key to her apartment. Um, like I said, she wasn't really answering the phone, so I was getting kind of worried. Sent the friend over to her apartment, and um, she said she wasn't doing well. So the next day, I had another friend actually go and get her to take her to the hospital. Um, and she got there. Um, her vitals was fine, but she did test positive for COVID. Um, so that was like on a Sunday. Uh, yeah, she went to the hospital on a Sunday. Um, and uh, when she tested positive, she immediately kind of got like anxiety, um, which is kind of a given, you know, because like I said, we don't know what this is. She doesn't know how it's going to take a toll on her body. Um, so she tested positive. A couple of days later, um, I have a younger brother that's in jail in Houston, and I told him, and I allowed them to talk on the phone um, because we had access to her to call her phone, but he didn't. Um, so that was actually the last conversation I had with her. And it, her voice, I kind of knew then that she kind of knew she might not come out of this because of her, um, she couldn't really breathe. Um, so they ended up putting on her on a ventilator. She was doing fine on the ventilator, but with the vent, um, if you have pre-existing conditions, it's hard for your other organs. They're working on your lungs, but it's hard for your other organs to succeed because you can't really eat. They hook you up to an IV on a vent. 
so her other organs were failing because they weren't used to getting them new the nutrients you know the nutrients that she um usually gets if she was eating a regular meal you know um so she had good days bad days but we just knew my mom has always been a fighter her health has always been a challenge for her but she's always come out so we didn't think she would pass you know um but um the day before she passed she came to me in a dream and uh she was like in a rocking chair and I knew it was a, I knew it was the Holy Spirit because it just felt so warm and comforting and I'm just like thinking to myself this lady's in a hospital bed you know how is she in my dream right now how is her spirit here but I think the Holy Spirit was allowing me to feel comfort um for what was going to happen so in and immediately the next day she passed away mm-hmm. so describe for us for one thank you for sharing that by the way mm-hmm. I know it's um you've talked about it before and I know mm-hmm. that anytime bringing back up something like that can be really triggering yes. um but talk about what those initial days were like for you and then also the weeks following what were those initial days like for you um so the morning of because the by this time we knew okay 14 weeks I mean 14 days if they come out of the hospital they're fine um so this was actually the 14th day she had passed that she had been in the hospital and so that morning it was it was a Sunday it was Palm Sunday and um I got up for Bible study um for church and um, so that a day God had been giving me scriptures, like to the point where I wasn't even moving my own hands. He was just kind of like following me through the Bible. And I was like, he was like, go get sticky notes because I need you to really remember these scriptures. And so he followed me through the Bible that morning. Um, so after she passed, I just went through those same scriptures he gave me that day. Um, so. I was definitely numb, you know, because that's my mom. She was like my best friend. So I was definitely numb. But it was like a sense of peace um, for me. Um, Like I said, that day we would have prayer calls for her. So that day um, the Holy Spirit led me to pray. And all the all the prayer calls, I let her friends talk, whatever. So it was like a he was just guiding me through that time, that whole day. Um, So that just kind of led the way I healed for the following weeks. But then I started to get a little upset um, some days. You know, some days were good, some days weren't. I did have to go back to work within like a week and a half just because I needed to keep busy. And this was the beginning of quarantine. We could not um, leave the house. Um, So I needed to keep busy. Um, So I did go back to work. At least I was working from home. Um, but I did have um, days where I just didn't want to get out of bed, you know. Some days I just wanted some comfort food, and I thank God for, like, friends and coworkers. I mean, anything I needed, <laughs> anything I needed, even if my friends in Houston, they would, like, Uber Eats me stuff, you know. Um, I'm so thankful for my tribe, for real, um, because I did not need for anything. Um, and then her coworkers would send us stuff. I have a plaque um, that one of her coworkers sent me that I just cherished throughout that time because I just 
the the it was like a it's a goodbye prayer for children um from a mom and so it's just really comforting um to it was comforting for me to read that during that time but it was hard you know just waking up i think my body um my physical is is probably like the hardest like my spiritual like i was kind of okay cuz I, I had god i knew he was there god had told me that i needed to be sad he said this time is meant for you to grieve he was like i don't want you to be all together he was like i want you to experience these emotions feel them and that way you can heal and you know in a different way so i kind of released myself because at first i was trying to you know just continue to do a bible study continue like no like you're no like you know this is your mom you know like i want you to be sad i want you to feel um so that's what i did um and like i said i'm, I'm just thankful for my friends because they all came over all the time and encouraged me yeah and i'm i'm glad you talked about god kind of gave you permission and even for yourself i think a lot of times it's giving ourselves permission to feel emotions i think mm -hmm. it can sometimes be especially with grief and again i've experienced grief in a, a distant way like my mm -hmm. grandmother passed um it's been probably about maybe five years now um and no it's actually been six years and i realized that she was sick for so long that mm -hmm. for me it was more of a i know that she was released from feeling mm -hmm. those things but mm -hmm. I, so i think oftentimes we associate grief with like they're in a better place um we yeah. associate grief with like well they're no longer suffering kind of back on the person but that doesn't take away what you feel mm -hmm. in the process and i think oftentimes especially as christians we can kind of just say well just kind of pass over the feelings ignore them suppress them not feel them mm -hmm. not grieve knowing that grief is actually a very natural thing to feel very natural have lost somebody yeah so just painting the picture of like god giving you permission to feel those things but also like yes there's comfort but yes there are a lot of negative emotions you feel, you feel anger you feel mm -hmm. you feel um there's a whole bunch of stuff on like the stages of grief but like what I always describe to people is that it's hard to grieve at times because you feel so many emotions at mm -hmm. different moments of the day, all yeah. at different times. So sometimes you all can feel happy, time. sometimes mm -hmm. you can feel sad, sometimes mm -hmm. you can feel numb, sometimes you're just in shock, sometimes you're yeah. in denial, sometimes you're just like randomly walking and you may smell something and you're just reminds you of them or it just it's a very strange period of time it um, is. because it's happening all at one time it's yeah not like it's not like um where you experience something traumatic and you can kind of like disengage from it because mm -hmm. grief also impacts your routines like you said your mom was your best friend so like the constant the consistency of talking to somebody it's a loss yeah you're experiencing all the emotions of a loss mm -hmm. so for you talk about why do you think one god kind of gave you permission but also did you feel any hesitancy with not wanting to feel those emotions at one time um so god gave me permission because 
I'm always the one, I am the one to keep it together. You know what I'm saying? In my family, you know what I'm saying? In my, even my friend group, I'm kind of like the go-to person. The person. Yeah, the go-to person. So um, I just felt like, I just, you know, God had been praying me for this because prior to, you know, I had got rededicated the year prior and um, I started going to a new church. Um, I started fasting more all when my mom was living, you know, she knew about this, um, my, you know, me rebuilding my relationship with God. So him giving me permission was like, this is why I've been preparing you. You know what I'm saying? This is why. I wanted you to be strong in me because I knew you was going to be weak at this time. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, he's an all-knowing God. He knew that this time was coming before we even knew, you know? Um, so uh, like I said, she, he was just preparing me um, for up until that point. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just so relieving to hear him say that. Cause I, you know, at first I, I have, uh, cousins i'm making sure my 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 uh, brothers is saved I'm, I'm sending them bibles i'm doing everything to try to keep me distracted from what's happening um and he was like no like girl you need to really feel like i need you to feel these things because this is something that is hard for you it's your mom you know i gave her to you but you know, she's a loner, you know, we're all kind of like loners in this, you know, we all got to go back at some point, you know what I'm saying? Um, so everybody that is in our life that, that God has given us to get God has given us um, these individuals for a, only a period of time. It's not forever. Um, um, just so just realizing that I just needed to be in which was so great. I just allow people to love on me you know it was so relieving because i just felt like i had to do everything i had to do you know and he was like no like stay in bed if you want to you know <laughs> continue to binge watch tv shows or whatever you do if you want to you know um that's what you need right now um and, and i think too to honor even shift gears to kind of go into with with god i think sometimes we can box God's love for us in based on what we've experienced. Mm -hmm. And so we don't realize that God gives space for us to feel um, mm -hmm. and transition. Yeah. There's a grace. I, I was talking to a client about this earlier today. I was just like, during this season of time, there's a grace to yeah. be able to feel. And mm -hmm. what that grace can practically look like is people loving you, people like you being loved and not resisting it and not wanting to be taken care of because that resistance is also pride, but it also can be our natural coping mechanism based off what we have. We want to be strong. We kind of want to paint the picture that I'm strong, but in times there's a moment where you have to feel weak yep. in order to gain your strength back and also be able for that physical, like, love to be shown in the way of like the way that people and people in your life show for you yes how do you think for yourself your relationship with God shifted during this process because I know you've talked to me and some of the girls about you know there were times where you were just angry with him because naturally and I think that this is any human when you experience loss 
or just any hard season is we always kind of go with the immediate thing of is this God's fault. And there's a lot of people who probably experience grief that have a lot of anger towards God about losing a family member or somebody being taken away or things or something of that nature happening. How did that, how did you navigate your relationship with God during that process? Um, I think it's a scripture. I know it's a scripture where he says that um, being angry with him is an emotion. It's not like our identity in our relationship with God. He knows that we're going to be angry. He knows that we're going to feel grief. He knows that we're going to have times of sadness, you know, um, and we, he knows that we'll question why he does some stuff. Um, so when I felt angry with him, it was more so. It's okay. Take your time, sis. It was more so like, like, why I couldn't see her, you know, like, why could it? not being like cancer or something like that where I could go see her instead of COVID where I couldn't see her at all, not even on a video chat or anything. So when I was angry with him, it was more so like, dang, you know, I wanted to see her, but, you know, he kept reminding me, even through like my family that are spiritual, you know, my, uh, my aunts and people that are in my life that are spiritual to me or like mentors to me, they always told me during that time, like that, like this body is ash, you know, like even though you want to see her, you know, even though you didn't get a chance to say goodbye, like you did, you know, you you created these prayer calls mm -hmm. to make sure everybody got on these calls. Cause I, like we were praying like every other day when she was in a hospital and it was my decision to do that. And so she was like, that was, your way of saying goodbye you know um even when before she passed um like i said i had released um like the holy spirit used me to pray i had been letting everybody talk and all of a sudden it just went to a point where it wasn't even like my voice you know it didn't even sound like me and then as soon as i got off the call um actually the prayer call was still going on my brother called me on the other line and was saying it's happening, you know, they called and said that, you know, she had died, but she came back. Um, so she, she was hearing us in the spiritual realm. So me being angry with him about not seeing her, um, it was just a made up kind of thing. Cause it's like, reality is this body would not come to heaven. You know, it would, it will die out, you know, um, it is ash. It turns back to ash once we pass away. Mm -hmm. So me saying goodbye to her in the, in the physical, I already did it in the spiritual. So he just kept reminding me through people, you know, like I said, people that were saved and that believed in his word, he kept reminding me through them, like, no, like it's okay, but no, you know? And then you wouldn't, they was like, you wouldn't even want to see her in that state, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the last memory and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And I think to, to one, let me just honor you and tell you thank you for sharing because I know this is a, it can be a triggering conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so your strength is absolutely admirable. 
to okay. even like share this. So don't feel bad at all for crying, sis. It's okay. Like, it's, a trigger, it's a triggering conversation. Um, and I'll preface that at the beginning of the episode too, so that people know. Um, but also, I think it you begin to then address some of those things with that. And I think like I was talking about with the perspective of God, I think looking at it now, it's been um, almost two years, almost mm-hmm. two years. So after some time has passed and you kind of, you have felt the emotions. I know you have, you've been very vocal with myself and also, um, you know, our sisters, just that how you have felt, like you've had a triggering day or like something has happened where you have felt some things or you prepped yourself. I remember when you were talking to us about going to Houston mm-hmm. and you were talking about that, just like, I got to go to Houston and go to my mom's house, like the prepping for that. Now mm-hmm. that some time has passed, what do you feel God, what were some like small blessings that you could see that God did throughout that time as a comfort, but also like showing you that I got you? Um, I think just helping, he helped me realize that even like, like I'm going to have triggers, you know, like it's normal um, as a human being to have triggers when losing someone that, you know, been in your life basically since you were born, you know, um, he said it, it's, it's going to, ha- it's going to happen. It's going to be normal. But I think me also realizing that he blessed me, you know, with someone that love and nurtured me because um, a lot of people on this earth do not know their mother or do not have a good relationship with their mother, you know? And I'm not saying that, you know, my relationship with her was all peaches and cream, but I'm glad that we grew, you know, um, as in our friendship with one another. And I'm glad we had closure to certain things. Um, and that happened all throughout the years before this, you know, even occurred. So just um, thinking about his grace and his patience um, with me and my mom and my whole entire family and how um, important it is just just to be grateful for someone that actually had the time to raise me, <laughs> you know, like she that that pain that I feel is real because of the love I experienced, you know, the the love that I have for her. I cherish her, you know? So the fact that he was like, I gave you to her, you know? She she was there for you. I mean, through my hardest times, through my easy times, my happy times, she was always there. So just remember her presence in that way. So going home now, it is still hard because um, I go home pretty often. It's still hard, but um, just being thankful, you know, for the experience, everything she showed us, especially in my neighborhood, it's like, wow, you know, I know this because of my mom. I know this place because of my mom, you know, I know these people because of my mom. Uh, and so it's, it's honestly cool. It's cool. Yeah. Kind of switching back gears a little bit to the beginning and even throughout this time, were you aware of grief before? Like, did you know how to process? Did you know how to process like when that first happened? Again, it shifts with the person. I think whenever it's a different person, it's just like the emotion shifts. Um, mm-hmm. one that your mom you talk to her often, but did you were you aware of grief? Did you know how to process it before? And what did that look like for you? 
Yeah, so um, I lost my father in 2012. Um, so before that, I had lost plenty of aunts and uncles too. So I was familiar with grief. Um, but at the time when I lost my father, it was, I didn't have a relationship with Christ at all. I was more so in the world, um, doing things that I wasn't supposed to be doing. And at the time I didn't fully heal. It took me longer to heal because I wasn't focused on healing. I was just focused on numbing myself or distracting myself from healing. Um, so, not to get into your business, but mm-hmm. what did numbing look like? Numbing looked like, um, you know, dating multiple men, partying, drunken nights, um, you know, doing things that I just <laughs> had no business doing, you know, but at the same time, I gave myself grace because I just graduated college mm. when my father passed. He, he made it to a point where I didn't even know that he was sick until he knew I was graduating. He graduated, my father graduated from Grambling. Um, so he wanted to see me walk. That was his last wish. And when I told him I was passing, that's when he told me he was sick. And a week later, I saw him in a wheelchair um, at my graduation. <laughs> so it was just a blessing um, for that time. Cause I had closure within that. It was like, okay. Cause I was angry at her. Now talking about angry without grace, I was angry. Um, <laughs> because I didn't understand like why he didn't tell me, but I kind of, now that I'm older, I get it. Cause he wanted to see me walk. He wanted, I was the first child to graduate from college. So he wanted to see that before he passed. And he literally passed away two months after I graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then I've just moved to Atlanta. So I'm in a new place, you know? So it kind of was like, okay, I'm going to just go out. I'm going to just see things. I'm going to, you know, distract myself um, from really healing. Um, so that that experience helped me through when losing my mom, but it also triggered me to miss him as well. So not only was I missing my mom, I'm like, dang, like... <laughs> Daddy, why you can't be here? You know, <laughs> like I need to talk to you too. Um, but my friends knew that. So anytime they were surprised, they spoiled me, you know. Um, anytime I would, you know, come home or anything, like I have a best friend, uh, she got a portrait like made of my father and my mom, you know, before they were married. And I keep that in my living room and it's like blown up, super big, you know. Um, so just including him in my healing process too because it was like I was rehealing that as well because I missed him tremendously I'm like I needed them both I'm like I need y'all both to get through this you know but realizing that they're still present I had did um a cleaning over my house maybe early last year and I have a friend that is very prophetic and she came over with her holy oil and I seen them in the spiritual realm, like, like over me, like, so that was a presence. And I had another friend that came and was like, I see, you know, I see like, like spots in your house. Like, you know, those are little like angels. She could see things in the spiritual realm. So I'm like, okay, so y'all never really left, you know? So that was comforting for me too. Cause I'm like, okay, y'all still here. 
even though like I can't see you physically or hear you, I get um the Holy Spirit speaks to me through dreams. So I see them a lot in dreams. Mm-hmm. Anytime I'm like super sad, that's how my dad would visit me first, you know, before my mom passed. He will all anytime I got super sad or angry or I had a bad day, he will always come to me in a dream. Always. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really appreciate the Holy Spirit for comforting me in that way. Yeah, that's so that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um so talk to me a little bit about how you started addressing the grief because there's a difference between feeling it. Um, that's a part of starting to address it, but like then talking about it because you're talking on here about mm-hmm. some very triggering things mm-hmm. and to have the ability to voice it, describe it in detail and not to say that those things will ever go away, but there has been, I can tell just a lot of perspective shifts, healing, um, mm-hmm. a lot of peace with some things. So mm-hmm. talk about for you, what were the things you did? Who were the people that came into your life? How did you start addressing some of the grief and also like how you didn't avoid it um, or really started to address it? Um, I think for me, addressing the grief was like I said, it, you know, just allowing me to feel at first, but then I started to become selfish with my emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, it got quiet, you know, sometimes usually after grief, people are hitting you up first month or two, and then it gets quiet to a point where people's not really checking on you as much. So I began to get selfish with that. And so at that point, um, I had to get a therapist. Um, I had already had a life coach. Um, no, actually, I got a life coach the year of, actually. And so I got a therapist and a life coach the year of. And they kind of helped me walk through. The therapist um, allowed me to realize that grief takes time. And I have to be vocal about what I need to the, mm-hmm. to my tribe mm-hmm. because because it get because it got quiet. Is she was saying it's not a point of oh people don't love you anymore. She was like people got their own lives, you know. In reality, people just do their own stuff. They may not know you need help. You and know I'll say that's this too, know. not to interrupt mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. but it's easy, and I think kind of just as human nature, we some expect like the way we show up for people they show up for us yes and it's like whereas you might three months four months later still check mm-hmm. in because you understand the emotion behind it exactly you want them to do the same thing but also people can't read our minds to know that right. until it can create this unspoken resentment and disappointment mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. almost become like i don't like you anymore i don't want you in my life anymore because it's like i'm hurting but you're not seeing me Right. So like, just kind of like you said, voicing or learning how to communicate, it almost becomes like, why do I have to do that? They should know. Exactly. But also it comes from a place of us expecting people to show up in the way we would show up. Exactly. They may not know or know how Mm. to do, or even be aware that that's where they are. Cause sometimes Mm. people, I know what I've navigated this with friends too is, I don't want to show up too much and be an annoyance, but I don't want to show up not enough and be like not present 
But yeah. like, what's the healthy balance with that? And sometimes right. you want to access to somebody because on the other end, the person who really wants to show up, like they do, but it's like, what, at what point does it become a thing? So kind of, how did you process through that? Um, I processed through by just reaching out. And it's so funny. Um, every time I reached out, um, after that session with my therapist, all my friends would say, you know, um, your emotions were triggering me. That's why I stepped back. You know, and it was so good to hear. It was so comforting. I'm like, I didn't know. I'm like, I just thought you wasn't talking to me. They're like, no, like it was bringing up emotions for me, you know, and it was hard for me to be there for you. Um, and so, in a natural way, because I know you, and not to talk you again, mm-hmm, Kiara, mm-hmm. but like, we're probably <laughs> more emotionally communicative than maybe probably the normal person. Yes. And you're right. There's a lot of, like, because, you know, we deal with emotions all day anyway, but like, we're probably way more vocal about where we are emotionally with things, whereas mm-hmm. the normal person, probably their coping mechanism, they may not do that. Mm-mm. So that, that makes sense. Yep. So it made it, it 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 made it easier for me to communicate, like when I'm sad or if I'm sad, just reach out. You know, it, I literally after that conversation, I had um got a book. It's a book um called uh Losing Your Mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the author has a Facebook group. Um, she'll let you know what the Facebook group is and um in the book and um joined the facebook group and just got in there and just started bawling because i'm like oh my god it's so crazy like i'm not the only one you know what i'm saying like literally everybody in this group was like experiencing the same thing i was experiencing you know um and of course it was a little bit overwhelming because it was still the beginning of covid so it was like you know people were losing their mothers like left and right um so one day I had called my best friend at the reading of post and she was and she was like crying with me like oh my gosh like I didn't even know like you know like you were still you know going through these uh she was like I know it was still happening but she's I'm just so glad you called me because I was just talking about you the night before and how I needed to check on you and so you think people not thinking about you they are they're more so just giving you space and time so, so yeah mm-hmm. yeah so for now for you kind of shifting into gears and where you are now what what are the triggers for grief look like for you now um I think the number one trigger for me now is like going home <laughs> and still going home and just being there it's like it's like, I don't even know how to like really explain it but the the it's like a physical emotion like when I get home, because I'm so used to like texting my mom, like, okay, I'm on the plane. Okay, I'm here. Okay, I'm on the way to the house. So those those physical triggers, um, it's still taking my body a long time to kind of get used to that. Cause at first I would I would text her. I would text her at first. Um, but now of course I don't text her, but it's still like the urge is there. Um, and then like number two, definitely seeing her siblings you know I love them to death I love being around them but they look so much like her so <laughs> it, it is kind of triggering for me but it's still comforting um but to have that 
um, their their spirit around their their presence around me is still comforting. I, I enjoy that the most. And then number three, just missing her. Like I said, just like my physical anything that happens in my life, I'm like, oh, I wish I could talk to her, you know, or like if I have a bad day or a good day, anything, how to cook something, anything, you know, I'm so used to including her like in my everyday life. So just getting used to the physical triggers of that is probably like the biggest thing I'm dealing with. Um, other than um, just making sure that I communicate with God, because if I'm like, um, having a relationship with him or spending time, that's when the enemy kind of comes in and floods my mind or distracts me or gets me off track. So it's important for me to, you know, stay in my prayer closet, to stay in his word, um, to to relieve some of those triggers. So, because I do have a job, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for this. But also, yeah. what would you, advice would you tell somebody who, may have recently lost somebody you can talk about it mm -hmm. but also maybe um not sure how to process it and has probably numbed it again I think grief is so complicated to talk mm -hmm. through there's so many different things because you think about their relationship at the present time with the person before they pass like all of those things it can be so complicated but what would you advise you would offer somebody who may be experiencing a present grief um and are just kind of like learning how to process through it. Um, just to give themselves time, to give themselves time because it's not easy. It's honestly no time clock on healing through losing a loved one. You know, um, just give yourself space and time. Don't feel pressure because I experienced that too, where people are like, oh, you know, you gotta come out. You gotta, you know do what works for you because me going out was not good um just because um i just wasn't in this place to be all you know surrounded around like strangers you know so do what works for you um because some people are better off doing going out and being out and being sociable at the time that in my experience it wasn't good for me um, and then like learning how to accept it. So accept it, like meaning doing things to process the healing, like journaling is good for me. Of course, traveling. I love, you know, just taking time for myself just to just kind of shut things I can't down. wait till we do a retreat, but that's a whole nother story. I know. I can't I wait. I can't wait. Um, what else is good for me? Um, um working out like getting outside taking walks um of course eating properly um listening to my favorite music is always i love music so i i mean that's a part of my everyday routine and sometimes like just busting out in dance moves was my thing like just to release like yeah, because you also deal with this during a pandemic where the, mm -hmm. the connection with people was so limited. So limited, so limited. And just leaning on people that support you. You know, like people have to realize, like, because sometimes you feel selfish or you feel like guilty, like, okay, they don't feel like dealing, me, dealing with me again, but use them, utilize them because 
again, everybody goes through something. So if they go through something, they will need you at some point in their lives. Um, so that's how I look at it. That's how you can pay them back and be in present. So reach out to the people that support you. Um, if you're having hard days, um, continue to be vocal about, you know, how you're healing and in the pain, which includes a therapist. <laughs> you know, some people are so against therapy, but it's like the most refreshing thing just to hear someone that doesn't know you personally. Because, you know, sometimes it can be biased with someone that can know you personally. A therapist is so refreshing. Um, so definitely get into therapy and just be around your family, you know, that, you know, losing someone, it just brings you closer to how important it is to spend time and reach out to your loved ones for real. So yeah. just do what works for you, but look for resources, you know, to help you heal through grief because it's not easy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, thank you, Sissy. I love you so much. Um, so why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Okay, so you can find me at on Instagram or Facebook at Simone Speaks. Um, yeah, that's my Instagram. And uh, I'm working on my website. I have to rebuild it, but it'll get there. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm glad to be on the show. Thank you, Rosalind, for always being supportive and everything that, you know, I'm passionate about. I really appreciate you. Yeah, of course, of course. All right, so I'll have all of QR's information in the show notes for y'all. And that's all for this week's episode. I love y'all and we'll talk soon. Bye. <laughs>